Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hello, people. People of the Word of God. People of the book. How are you guys doing? Thank you guys for tuning in for today's show. I'm really glad that you are here with me. And thanks for that super heart, Melody. Anyway, hey, you guys, uh, thanks for coming in. We really appreciate it. I was delayed today because of some some issues. I'll share that in a minute. Uh, But in the meantime, what we're going to do today is we're going to go ahead and we're going to uh, uh, look at some news of the day. Because all week we've had some great interviews going on. But now we're going to talk about some of the news. I don't know if you've heard of that guy named Kavanaugh. Have you? Hmm? Uh, Donald Trump, you ever heard of that guy? <laughs> uh, you heard of it. Have you heard about the gay agenda? Yeah, you have. So anyway, so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about some of the news. And uh, so I want to thank you for tuning in. Ask you ahead of time if you uh, would say a prayer for me that would be awesome my back is really really sore I don't know about you guys but when one part of my body is sore (laughs) it hurts it's just really it's I I woke up yesterday and you know how on your back let's just pretend this is your back like right underneath your what do you call that shoulder blade right in that area it feels like somebody just hit me right there so anyway yeah, so pray for me, because that really hurts. And I'm not going to be able to play pickleball for a whole week after tomorrow and Saturday, just so you know. All right, so what we're going to do is... Um, uh, <laughs> you guys' comments are awesome. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, I got a special announcement. Tonight, my friend Vicki Fitch is going to be on Ross's show. You guys who know li- who know live streaming, you know uh, Ross Brand has a, has a live streaming show. And our friend, sister in Christ, Vicki Fitch, is going to appear on that tonight at 4 Pacific until 4.15. So if you want to go and support Vicki uh, for 15 minutes on that show, then uh, just go over and hit Ross Brand's website. I think it's Livestream Universe or something like that. Um, or follow Vicki and she'll be posting it. I'm pretty sure of that. So just thought I'd share that with you if you're interested in supporting a fellow broadcaster who has a message. People, yeah, they do. All right, so. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to tell her I did it. I did it. There we go. All right. Okay, so thank you guys for coming in and for being a part of the audience today. Let me go ahead and share the show out on Facebook. One moment. Thank you guys for coming in and for... There's an echo in the house. Hey, Simone. There's an echo in the house. All right, Simone is on. She was on earlier this week, actually. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and hit like on my own thingy, and then I'm going to hit share. (laughs) Uh, Then I'm going to say on air. Okay, 
All right, so then I'm going to tell you why I was late, because you guys already know. Uh, well, those of you who um, get my text message alerts, you, are, you actually know why I'm late, because I told you in the text message. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So you guys know that I take care of my dad. Yeah, you do. Because I am his daughter. And so today I have a lot, a lot to do because, uh, well, just because, you know, because next week we're going to that conference. And so I'm trying to get a lot of stuff done. Take care of my dad and, uh, you know, doing his laundry, delivering it, blah, 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 blah. So, living in assisted living, those of you who have old parents, and I'm going to guess most of you do, because the average age of this audience is, is about 65, <laughs> at, at least based on the recent YouTube ad, I, not YouTube, Facebook ads I sent out, the average age of this audience is over 65. Hello, old people, AARP members, eh, those who take Gerontol, <laughs> those who need fish oil because your joints are horribly stiff. <laughs> You're speaking from experience, I take it. No. I can barely hear myself. Oh, that's because I need to turn up your mic. <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, okay. So anyway, hey, on, on Tuesday, I'm going to hit 50. Okay. So for for right now, a 49-year-old, I can actually go ahead and I can mock people slightly older than me. Okay, just so you know. And if you don't like it, then you can go see ya. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so in all seriousness, so you go, you put your parent in assisted living and they're supposed to assist them in living. And 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 for me, one of the one of the perks, I guess, of paying almost 4000 bucks a month is that you don't have to do the laundry for your bed. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to do your sheets or your comforter or your pillowcases or any of that stuff, right? So I go to my dad's place and I deliver his laundry because I'm not paying them to do it because I found at my last assisted living place that they did it. They did it horrible. His clothes always smelled really bad. Anyway, long story short... <clears throat> Mrs. Myers uh, Lemon Verbana uh, laundry detergent is awesome, especially for those stinky pants smell uh, with, you know, older people. They wear Depends and things like that. And, you know, the odor comes through. Let's just be honest, people. Most of you are over 65, so you get it. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't come out right, but I think you understand what I mean. Anyway, so the point is that... I do my dad's laundry, and I take a lot of time. I even iron his clothes because he's a little fastidious. He wants his pants ironed. Just <laughs> I don't even iron my own clothes, but I do his, and Randall can attest to that, right? So anyway, I go to his place today, and I when I go into his apartment, I look at his bed, and it had been stripped of the sheets, which for some reason normally I, I didn't know because I ended up washing his sheets myself because they were in my thing. I actually just just washed I just washed them right anyway but I looked at his covering because because if you're smart for your older parent who has little bedtime issues you'll get a mattress cover that's waterproof you know what I'm saying and that thing had not been washed once just saying not one time in the seven months that he's lived there and it was filled 
with stains all over it. And the pillows. Just saying, okay? And the pillows. I'm, I'm talking the pillow case. Well, the pillow was obviously sweat. But the whole side, you know, where your bottom is, and your, I mean, you know, and I smelled it. I have to admit, I did sniff it just to see. if Because I, I wanted to tell, hey, had this ever been washed? Nope. So, of course, I got with the laundry people. And <laughs> I took some pictures of it. And I said, can you explain this to me? Can you? Hmm? Can you explain why this urine, big, huge urine spot is stained on my dad's bed? And they're like, well, is there, is it zipped on? And I'm like, what does it have to do with it? You guys, this is part of your job. You're supposed to unzip it, take the dang thing off, you know, and wash the stinking thing, literally. <laughs> ah, yeah. So they, and, and I, and I said to him, and I, I'm just being honest. I said, look, do you want me to write a bad review on Facebook about you and this company? Because I will, I have no problem whatsoever. <laughs> so I'm not mentioning them, but what I am saying is that shortly after, uh, I, I talked to them, they came in and they took it off and they put it in the, in the wash. But, but I, you know, and I just share this because honestly, this is something that a lot of you probably have gone for. And it's just stuff that you know, you have to, you have to deal with it. And it's, it's sad because it actually goes to work, work ethic, you know, and I don't know about you, but <clears throat> whenever I do a job, I try to do it to the best of my ability. You know, I mean, if, whether I'm in school, I'm tr trying to produce the show, I'm writing a book, whatever, you know, I want my offering to wherever I'm serving to be the best that it can be so that, you know, whatever the delivered product is, I'm going to feel proud. I, d I actually don't understand why a housekeeper is so stinking lazy that they can't just take that off. In fact, I suspected it hadn't been done months ago when the first time I went in and they had removed the curtain that goes around your bed, you know, at the bottom. Bed skirt. Bed skirt. Yeah, whatever. That's what that thing's called. Anyway, and so, you know, I, I just... Yeah, anyway. And so to me it's just or like dust ruffle, right? Or <sighs> Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> Something like that. But yeah, I, I mean I, I just, you know, is it life threatening? No. But it's it's demoralizing. You know what I'm saying? It's like why can't people who do a job, and I'm not just talking this living, I'm just talking in general. Why don't you just do your job to the best of your ability? The Bible says work hardly is unto the Lord, right? And you know, because God's going to give you your reward in the end. If you're not making a gazillion bucks, he will. But I mean, you know, I, I looked at these two ladies and I'm I'm like, if this was your mother or father and they were sleeping on urine stained sheets because your staff was too stinking lazy to take it off because it takes a little extra time, wouldn't you be annoyed if you're paying almost four grand for the place? I mean, seriously, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. And I, I don't know, maybe God's given me a, uh, you know, <laughs> as I sense of justice. Yeah, <laughs> that's it right there. Yeah, I, I just, I just think that old people need to get respected, right? And just because they're helpless and their outer tent is wearing out and they have wrinkles and they can't hear and see as good doesn't mean that you can treat them like crap. Just saying. I mean, you know, and so I, you know, I, I'm kind of like, well, the Lord didn't give me 
biological children, but he did put me in charge of my dad, who's essentially like, you know, a child in many ways. <clears throat> and just what I'm going to say, don't mess with my dad. <laughs> you know, and of course, I just, anyway, all that to say, that's why I was late. Because, you know, don't be messing with my dad, people. You know, it's, it's, it is elderly abuse and, and men in at least neglect Kelly. I, I won't say, I wouldn't go as far as abuse, but I will say neglect because that's ridiculous and, you know, and, and they don't care, you know, and all that. So anyway, anyway, thank you guys for uh, letting me vent because, oh, and then if you're on my Instagram account at Bible News Radio, go watch my story today because I, uh, I actually showed you how much it cost for 12 uh, physical therapy sessions, five occupational therapy sessions, and I think it was four something else sessions that Medicare paid for my dad for services he really did not need, but assisted living required because he had Medicare. Go go watch that story afterwards. It's it's on my Instagram account at Bible News Radio. You can tap through yesterday's. It was kind of long. But yesterday's story was actually kind of cool too about God blessing me in a special way with a cupcake. <clears throat> so if you can still watch that, then you can, you know, you can watch that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, a lot of elderly don't have anybody, you know. I mean, honestly, between you and me, that's one of my concerns when I get older. <laughs> I don't have any children to take care of me, so I don't know. I'm praying for the rapture. Uh, so anyway, uh, so, yeah, that it, it is it is one of those things. Um uh, Krothstein, is that, is that how you say it? This is one of my buttons. People do not care for the elderly. That's true. Yep. All right. So let's see here if there's anything else. All right. We're going to say Jonah was, came in all the way from the... Jonah's now in New Zealand. No. Is it New Zealand? I, anyway, I forgot where he lives now. He moved. Oh. He was in the Philippines. All right. <clears throat> okay. So let's talk a little bit about... Uh, some of the news, okay? Because there's a lot out there. Uh, Carol, Caroline, Caroline, nice to meet you. How much do they charge to wash the bedding? It's included. It's 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 included with the services, Melanie. It's forty dollars a month to do laundry, which isn't actually too bad. But frankly, after the last assisted living did their laundry and they did it like crap, I, I it's just easy and it's easier for me to do it and I'd rather do it because I can smell it, make sure it gets clean and you know, it's only a few minutes from my house so it's not that bad. But <clears throat> but I you know, it's less convenient if I have to do his bedding, you know, all that. But anyway. All right, so let's let's talk about uh the first story I want to talk about is this Azusa Pacific one. Um I'm trying to find it. I, here it is. Let's, let's go ahead here and talk about this. How many of you guys remember, I guess it was last week or maybe it was even the week before, uh, APU, which is Azusa Pacific University, it's in Southern California, uh, they decided that they were going to uh, basically bow to the homosexual agenda on campus. Now, Biola University has done this, uh, even though you wouldn't think Biola, good old conservative Christian Biola school, they, they are so pro-gay at Biola. There's like totally a Biola under, underground, a gay underground at Biola. But APU has never uh, actually gone the way of the LGBT agenda. Uh, 
but they have been harassed or no that's not the right word they have been uh approached they well over a year ago the gay lobby uh that's trying to you know promote homosexual christianity as normal and natural basically you know started their talks because that's what they do that's what soul force does they they go and talk and they build bridges and blah 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 anyway and and it's a means to compromise right so what that was a year ago and actually if you're on my email list i think it was a couple days back i actually sent out a link with that previous story from a year ago where they were in there and they were having quote talks right so apu the the yellow-bellied leadership over there, uh, decided to capitulate to the LGBT lobby that was doing this. And mark my words, it is the LGBT lobby. You know, these aren't just normal, uh, like your normal homosexual. They're homosexual activists, okay, that are doing it. They're not your, and the, and the homosexual activist is not your normal homosexual in the sense that, you know, that what you would, the stereotype that they want you to believe, right? Oh, that's just my friend, my neighbor, whatever. If it's a gay activist, they are, they have an agenda. And yeah, Tommy, Tommy Norman's right. They evangelize. They, they do. That's exactly what they do. And they indoctrinate and, um, you know, and, and they do it under the guise of love, which is not biblical love the way that they're, they refer to it at all. Anyway, so a couple of days ago, uh, APU actually reinstated their ban on same-sex relationships a week after removing it, okay? So in a sense, this is good news, but you know, I am of the belief that if you have a wimpy leadership that caves to the gay agenda in the first place, I ain't giving my money there ever again. And you know, Randall, you know, good old Randall's, bless his heart, he's such a nice man. You know, he's donated money to his alma mater because it's his alma mater. Not much, but... But still, no. you know, anyway, so um, so I will never, you know, I mean, if I was in charge, I would never give them a dime. Not again. I don't care. I play pickleball with a former leader at APU, and he was ticked when he found it out. He didn't even know until I told him. Uh, anyway, and so let me read you the story. It says here, an evangelical college in Southern California has reinstated its policy banning same-sex relationships barely a week after removing language from its student conduct policy that prohibited them. Prior to the fall uh, 2018 semester, the Azusa Pacific University policy regarding human sexuality on campus included a specific bullet stating that, quote, homosexual acts, unquote, were forbidden. But when students returned to campus for the new school year and noticed that the statement had since been removed, it felt like a, it felt like a victory for the LGBTQ plus community. And note the plus on the end, guys. The plus is pedophiles as well, just so you know. According to the school student-run newspaper Zoo Media, the underground com- com- community of LGBTQ plus students had discussions with school administrators about the wording that marginalized same-sex couples on campus. Note the word marginalized. So does the Bible marginalize them? Then they pointed out that same-sex romantic relationships were being defined by sexual acts while also asserting that it was possible for those same-sex romantic relationships to abide by university rules. 
Therefore, same-sex couples could follow the same rules as heterosexual couples and didn't need to be singled out as a community. <clears throat> Randall, do you want to comment? Because I could say a lot. Yeah, well, it's just... this. <laughs> they're, 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 they're clever just... in their advocacy, but it's like saying, well... They're demonic how... in their advocacy. Oh, yeah. But how about I show up at campus wearing my, you know... Uh, Whatever cocaine rules shirt, and uh, you know I have uh, you know I you know gladly sport you know whatever I don't know uh, razor blade and whatever I was involved in snorting cocaine. I've never done that, but you know imagine having all the paraphernalia, you know a T-shirt proudly proclaiming the the glories of cocaine and saying, well I'm not actually doing that on campus. You know, I'm I'm not actually I'm not actually engaged in snorting cocaine, but I just had the you know the trappings of it. Doesn't mean that I actually do it. I'm just having to be displaying something that suggests I might do that. And of course, you would say that's ridiculous. You're promoting drug use. Well, I'm not. No, I'm not because I'm not actually doing it, or I don't do it myself. I don't snort cocaine myself. You know, it's just so so to so to say well. Okay, we're not involved in homosexual activity. These are romantic same-sex relationships. By, and, and by the school standards of public display of affection, then it's okay. Because it's not actually homosexual acts. You know, it's just same-sex relationships. They don't have to result in homosexual acts. It just looks like they might. And so it's okay. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, you know, we, we you know, we wear, we wear leathers and bring whips and stuff. We're not into S and M, you know. We're not. We don't actually do that. It just, you know, we just have all the trappings of it, and so, you know, as long as we're not actually doing it, yeah. It's well, I, you know, I've shared this before, but when I went to this counseling conference run by a lesbian psychologist down in San Diego. The counseling conference was for therapists, which, you know, I'm a trained therapist at the time I was practicing. And she specifically said, don't say the word homosexual because it connotes or notes, connotes, whatever, however you say that word. It suggests sex. We want to use the word gay because that is all about romance. And that's what we want to depict and market homosexuality as is is the romance. And of course, if you're following my series, you know, from the book After the Ball, The Marketing of Homosexuality to America, they lay that out right there, in there, um, on purpose, on purpose, right? They, in fact, they intentionally show you that in order to market this abomination to the Lord, and I know those are fine words to some people, but that's what the Bible says homosexuality is. It's an abomination to the Lord. In order to market that to America, what they did was take the clean cut, you know, guy next door, put him in a suit and just said, hey, this is your your BFF next door. Right. I mean, this is how he looks. This is how he acts. And not only that, but they use the process of jamming in order to manipulate you emotionally in order to get you to go, oh, well, if that's how he is, oh, even though I'm against it, but yeah, but okay. And so you have that conflicting feeling. So as followers of Jesus, our goal is to walk holy. And anybody who promotes gay Christianity or homosexual Christianity is not putting holiness before Christ. 
Especially when God's word specifically says it's an abomination, right? Now, lying is also an abomination. The Bible says that too. So, you know, you, you can't serve a holy God while promoting what he calls an abomination. And anyway, so this going back to this article, it's linguistic semantics that they're actually doing here. Um, and anyway, so the article goes on to say, uh, Bill Fiella, PhD, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but anyway, he's the associate dean of students. He told old Zoo Media uh, that this argument played a role in the way that the wording in the handbook was changed as it focused on equity of all students. I wonder if that meant they meant to write equality, but it says equity. Um, the changes that occurred to the handbooks around sexual behavior creates one standard for all undergraduate students as opposed to different standards for different groups. The change that happened with the code of conduct is still in alignment with our identity as Christian institution. The language changed, but the spirit didn't. Our spirit is still conservative evangelical perspective on human sexuality. Really? Uh, he also mentioned that APU has intentions to take it one step further by creating a pilot program for LGBTQ plus students to be part of and even having weekly meetings with the previously existing underground support group called Haven. Why? Okay, look, I'm going to say something, and APU won't like me for saying it, but honestly, if you're out homosexual on a Christian campus, you need to be off that Christian campus. You need to go bye-bye. You need to go see ya. Go to Cal State Fullerton or some other, you know, Pepperdine University, which has killed their Christian roots. Go there, right? I mean, go someplace else. If you're not interested in really following Christ and you want to worship your sexual identity above the Lord, frankly, that's they should kick them all off, in my opinion. Now, is that loving? Yeah, it ultimately is loving when you think about it. But, you know, the thing is, 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 is it's like today our society is so indoctrinated that, oh my gosh, how dare you, Stacey Lynn Harp, you're sweet and lovable. You're not sweet and lovable. You should be banned, you hater and bigot and homophobe. No. <laughs> Do you think that God is going to allow that sin into heaven? I mean, how can somebody be really even saved at the same time, right? How can somebody be saved really and walk in that? You know what I'm saying? That's what I don't get. If Why go to a Christian college if all you're going to do is try to fight what Christians really believe, especially at a solid, theologically sound Christian college, which APU has been? Go someplace else. Why pay the money? You know what I mean? Why pay the money? I, I mean, that it drives me crazy. This capitulation and all this stuff. It, of course it, you know it, the answer to it, that. It why me. pay the money and why be the underground group and why do the promotion yeah. on the conservative Christian University campus? You know the answer to that. Just Yeah, just throw out the whole statement of faith and doctrine. Mm. Who gives a crap about it? You mm. know... Who cares what the Bible says? You know, we'll just slap Christian on it to, to make you pay more money. You know, Ugh. anyway, I'm getting a lot of insults in the in Periscope. That's okay, you guys. You you know, you can disagree with me if you want, but nobody's forcing you to watch me. So you can go click and shut me off if you don't like it. Just saying. Um, and trust me, I would say that to your face in person as well. <laughs> just saying not hide behind some fake name and, you know, and be too cowardice to use your real name and picture, 
you know? That's childlike immaturity you, you're exhibiting because you're children and immature. Anyway, so that, that's that's my my thought on that. Do you have any other thoughts on that? Because this um, really gets under my skin. Because yeah, you pay a lot of money to go to a Christian it, school. It does, me too. And just, just the lack of uh. rational thinking. You know, all these emotive, well, yeah, it's only fair that we're all treated the same. And, and they just don't think it through. You wouldn't do it with anything else. Well, let's take something that's, um, you know, use of alcohol. I mean... The Bible doesn't strictly prohibit the use of alcohol. It prohibits getting drunk, you know, being inebriated. You know, uh, wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler. We read in Proverbs and, you know, it. it um, I could mention a few other scriptures that, you know, uh, this admonishes not to be intoxicated. So suppose on, you know, uh, some other campus, Presbyterian, Mormon, whatever, you know, they don't, they don't allow, you know, they don't allow alcohol use. But say this group comes along, well, it doesn't, you know, we can have, we can have a wine club and talk about wine and, you know, it's history. We can bring our, we can bring our beer mugs to, to campus and, you know, again, all the beer shirts and whatever, but, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that we're advocating drinking. We're just, you know, it, just, it doesn't follow. So, you know, to say that, well, yeah, it's okay. You can, you know, same-sex relationships, go ahead and be an affectionate all you want on on campus. We don't, we don't, we disagree with homosexual acts and we stand behind marriage, you know, the under biblical understanding of marriage covenant between one man, one woman, that's where we stand. But go ahead and play with all this other stuff. You know, go ahead, knock yourselves out, but just make sure it doesn't lead to that. You know, just like, you know, it's like kind of, you know, in the public schools, well, kids are going to do it anyway, so let's get them condoms and let's do all these things to safe. Instead of <laughs> giving them the materials and the education to protect themselves, not just, you know, <laughs> not just a part of their body. Um... I, Anyway, it's just it's just so duplicitous and disingenuous and unloving to say, well, this is this is ultimately our stance, but you know, we don't care if you dance on the edges of it, you know, dance on the edge of the razor blade, we don't care. And because after all, we want everybody to we don't want anybody to feel judged or left out. So play with a dynamite, you know, Dance around the poison, whatever, but just just make sure you don't detonate anything, drink anything, or you know, it's anyway. <laughs> well, you upset the troll because he's like calling you basically gay right now. Just so you know. So that would be a good thing or a bad thing? I, I never understood that. It's something to be celebrated. To have your pride <laughs> parade. Gay is wonderful. It should be celebrated. Everybody, and then say, "Oh, you're gay. You're closeted. Whatever." <laughs> Okay, are you? Is that a compliment or is that an insult? If it's something wonderful and celebratory, then I'll take it as a compliment coming from you. So thank you. I'm not, but I'm glad you think so highly of me that I would be homosexual. Because obviously that's something great, so you saying that is saying you, you like me. Thank you. <laughs> Isn't he cute when he gets feisty? <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Well, anyway, if you're if you're new, yeah, we're married. Just so you know, for a long time, probably longer than the trolls have been alive. <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. So let's let's uh, let's talk about. Um, well, let's take a break. Actually, our half the show's already over, so we gotta do that. I know. Okay, the break. Please take a break from us. No, I'm just kidding. All right, look, we got a good Bible study, a brand new Bible study up. If you're not on my email list, then you didn't get it in the email. So it means you can go over to BibleNewsRadio.com and sign up for it. It is a 46 or 47-page PDF. It's great. It's Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum's study on the local church. Okay, the local church. Uh, all you got to do is go there. Uh, BibleNewsRadio.com. It's right there at the top. Just click it, sign up. You'll get an email and you'll get the study, which is super cool. Um, also, the DVD that we're offering is four hours. It's a historical, geographical Israel study tour uh, that Dr. Ar- Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum did. It actually has professional narration and all this other stuff. The DVD set is only 29 bucks. Minus your 20% discount with Bible News, the coupon code. Uh, If you guys have never been to Israel, this would be a great one to get, seriously. If you want to get somebody a Christmas gift, uh, a Hanukkah gift, uh, a Messianic Hanukkah gift, is there such a thing? I just made it up if there isn't. (laughs) Uh, That would actually be a really good thing to do. Get that. Um, Get that. I mean, I I, I emailed Ariel. I said, hey, I want this. (laughs) Guys, Hello. Uh, yeah, check that out. Get that for a gift for somebody, if not yourself. I mean, seriously, it will help you grow in your faith for sure. <clears throat> Next week, we are going to, we're going to be going a couple of places, uh, but we stay, um, not sure what time my show will be on, on Tuesday for, for Bible News Radio. It's my 50th birthday, but I will be an undisclosed location and I will have a surprise for you. I will have a special guest, uh, that you guys will get to see. Um, so, and it's it's a fellow person on Periscope. I'll, I'll just say that. Um, anyway, we're going somewhere special for my birthday. And uh, then we're going to the Prophecy Conference in Oklahoma. And uh, so those of you who have not yet signed up for the Prophecy Watchers Conference, you can still do that. Go to prophecywatchers.com. They have a really great special going on. Uh, and if you want to help us pay for the trip, <laughs> contribute towards that so that we can, you know, go there and not have to worry about extra debt, that would be awesome. Uh, we need still about $700. We're still looking to kind of fill that half gap. We're, we're thinking it was about $1,400 and we're halfway there. So if you can, if you have extra and you can donate to us to help cover that, that would be awesome. We're ge- I'm going to be trying to get, um, all the speakers. I mean, Jan Markell's going to be there, Dr. Dave, David Reagan, Ellie Marzuli, Bill Salas, and the list goes on. You can look at all the list uh, on prophecywatchers.com. Okay, so check that out. Uh, also, if you're pillars of the community, first of all, thank you guys for being pillars. I have to tell you, this morning, uh, I have three people that, that donated on the same day, and I got those three pillar uh, donations that came in this morning. So, you know, I, when those, when I see them come in at PayPal on the days you guys, you know, put them in there, that $25 actually is a ton of money to Randall and I. And so thank you guys for committing to us that, that amount of money. I appreciate it because it helps me to budget what we do. 
And, um, and I know I can count on it. You guys that donate, not only do I know you give out of your own need, sometimes those of you, but I also know that you're given to this show. We're not a nonprofit, so you're not getting a tax break. And I actually heard, uh, pastor Jack Hibbs say something this afternoon. I was listening to, uh, Jan Markell. She had her, uh, prophecy conference last weekend. It's all on YouTube. You can watch it. I highly recommend you actually do watch it if you get some time. But Pastor Jack Hibbs, he made some comments in there uh, about how uh, a lot of pastors won't speak out about what's going on in the culture because they're afraid of losing their 501c3. And he actually made this statement. I thought, ah, that's why he's my pastor in my heart on, on the Internet. Uh, because what he said was, he said, people who give to ministries just to get a tax break, that's not worship. Because there's, there's, there's a tie in it. And I thought, you know what? I, I agree. I actually do agree with that because it's like, oh, what's in it for me? Instead of just giving unto the Lord something. So those of you guys who have donated to us, which is almost everybody that's, you know, a regular viewer, uh, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it. It's coming in handy. It's definitely, it's definitely, it definitely helps. You have no idea how much it helps, but it does. Also, Legal Shield, that's my side business, as you guys know. The Lord has really blessed it, and I have to thank all of you again for who've signed up for your identity theft protection with me uh, or the actual Legal Shield stuff. I do have a upcoming event that I mentioned yesterday, but I actually put it out. It's over on Eventbrite. You can go there and look up Ladies of Justice. If you're interested in attending a about, it's about, probably, I'm, I'm going to keep it under an hour, um, event with me to help you know how you can make money for Christmas using Ladies of Justice or becoming a ladies of justice. I mean, you can come if you're a man too, but this is focused on women. But anyway, the ladies of justice thing, if you uh, you want to sign up for that Eventbrite thing, you can go to Eventbrite and look up ladies of justice or look up my name and you'll find it. Or it's on my Facebook page as well. I posted it this morning and I did tweet it out as well. Um, because that's cool. And for anybody who signs up, you will get a $5 gift certificate from me as my way of saying thank you. Uh, unless you're already a member of Legal Shield, in that case, you're already a member. <laughs> so that doesn't count, okay? Just saying. All right. I think that's it, right? Did I get everything? All right. Thanks, so. I feel like one of those old soap opera people. Like today, this is Neutrogena. Oil-free eye makeup remover. <laughs> that was for free. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Hey, it beats 25 minutes of commercials during your regular TV show. Speaking of that, Christian TV, according to Religious News Service, uh, CBN News has decided that they are going to go 24-7, 24-hour news. Uh, and this, this is actually a big deal, you guys. I, I actually think this is a big deal for Christian TV to do this. Um, and the reason why is because we currently have Christian TV, but it's not news. It's not all news. Um, and there's a big difference between Christian entertainment versus Christians who are learning what the Bible talks about and how to apply it to their life. So, uh, so this says uh, Christian TV network is entering the crowded world of 24-hour News broadcasting at a time when the mainstream news media are under increasing attack by President Trump and some of his supporters, many of them evangelicals. 
the Christian Broadcasting Network's news channel will provide a religious perspective that other channels lack. CEO Gordon Robertson told the Associated Press in an interview in advance of the network's formal launch Monday, October 1st. So this is only a couple of days old. Uh, the CBN News Channel to air on local television stations in 15 U.S. cities will produce original programming and commentary on everything from the power of prayer to Justin Bieber's faith and Christian persecution in the Middle East, uh, Robertson said last week. Robertson, who is the son of Pat Robertson, also known as Marion, in case you didn't know that, <clears throat> said he wants the channel to bring people together, but it is making its debut in an increasingly fractured media landscape and divided nation. Trump sometimes uses evangelical outlets to reach supporters while shunning the other news outlets. Trump's modus operandi is not essentially to reach out to new audiences, but to create division and polarization to energize his base, said Mark Ward, an associate professor of communication at the University of Houston, Victoria, who writes about evangelical mass media and who sounds slightly bitter against the evangelical mass media. <laughs> no. If, if that's your strategy and evangelicals are such a huge part of your base, why would you not use the media organs that are available? Ward said, hmm. Pat Robertson helped revolutionize religious TV through the Christian Broadcasting Network. He also ran for president in 1988. He worked to galvanize conservative Christians into a political force in the 1990s. And I have to say, I like Pat, okay? Just saying. I think Pat is an old geezer. I would call him that if I actually met him in person. I'd go, hey, old geezer, how you doing? <laughs> Granted, he said a couple of goofy things I probably wouldn't do. I wouldn't say, but you know what? That man needs to be applauded and thanked for all the work he's done, frankly. And you know what? People who bag on Christian media, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should. Uh, because if you're bagging on it, and you're a Christian, especially on top of it, shame on you. Just saying. Because uh, Christian media changes lives. It saves lives. And if it wasn't for the work of Pat Robertson, Operation Blessing wouldn't be around. The 700 Club wouldn't be there. Tons of people wouldn't be, wouldn't have been fed. Uh, blah, blah, etc. And all that. Anyway, all that. I'm yeah, not going to read the rest of the article. But you get the point. So. Certainly. It's a, it's a, you know, Christian media is a mixed bag. There's plenty of, you know, heresy out there. Under the guise of Christian media. And hate, like this show. Yeah, like this show. Um, <laughs> seriously, though, on the, the, the heresy part. Right. But, I know. Um, you know. But what what media outlet, including this one, it's not a mixed bag of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, it's, so. it's hard. Hey, if you've never done Christian media, then you don't know how hard it is. Uh, I mean, I can tell you for me, why is that talking? Stop that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I was going to say for, for me, I, you, I get more attacked from Christians than I do the unbelievers. I always have too. And oh. kind of makes me wonder why, why is that? Mm. Yeah. We're going 24 hours. That's a, that's a, that's a bold move for sure. I, I should contact them and say, Hey, can I come on as a commentator? Uh, I got big curly hair. My moniker sweet and lovable. Uh, I have an audience, a little audience that likes me. And they would tune into you if I was there, right? If I went on there, you would watch, right? Of course you would because you're watching me here. If you watch me here, of course you'd watch me there. You'd be like, oh my gosh, she's there. <laughs> my friend Stacy's over there. Uh, yeah. <sighs> All right. So let me, let me, this is a controversial story. 
The Cato Institute released this article titled, Trump has cut Christian refugees 64% and Muslim refugees 93%. Uh, this is important to think about because this is, this is what it says. In a campaign address, Donald Trump told his supporters that, quote, if you are Syrian and you're Christian, it's almost impossible to come into the United States. It's, it's all going to change, unquote. After his inauguration, he reiterated the promise. They're chopping off the heads of everyone, but more so the Christians, he told CBN News. I thought it was very, very unfair, so we're going to help them. Well, yeah, I mean, duh, hello. I think that cutting off anybody's head is unfair. I don't think that just because it's a Christian's head, if they're cutting off Muslim heads, that would be not nice too, just saying. Anyway, <clears throat> but he hasn't. Refugees resettlement has changed, but not for the better. While his administration has reduced Muslim refu refugee arrivals 93% compared to the final months of the abomination, I mean, Obama administration, it has still slashed Christian refugees 64%. He's also cut Syrian Christian refugee arrivals by 94% and those from Iraq by 99%. He has admitted just 20 Syrian Christians in all of fiscal year 2018. Do you think those 20 are happy? Just saying. Figure 1 shows the monthly average ref refugee arrivals by fiscal, fiscal year, which starts on October 1st and ends on September 30th, as far back as there are statistics available for religion. Yeah. During the months of FY 2017, when President Obama was still in office, Christian refugee admissions averaged 3,586 per month. Wow. Christian admissions fell to 1411 month uh, per month during the rest of the fiscal year before plummeting to 1334. Figure 1 also shows that while the Obama administration oversaw a rise in Muslim Muslim refugees, it didn't reduce Christian refugees as a result. I suppose it would probably be good to uh, maybe for me to... Is that figure on here somewhere? Yeah, there um, They're showing graphics of it. Yeah. So it says here, the rate of Christian refugee admissions has been 50% lower under President Trump's first two years than under President Obama's entire term. And it is 25% the monthly rate under President Bush. President Trump's rate of admissions for Muslims was 72% lower than Obama and 47% lower than Bush. His rate of, of, of admitting people of other faiths was 78% and 64% lower than Obama and Bush, respectively. Um, on Syrian Christians specifically, President Trump has permitted the entry of just two per month at, in 2018, which is a reduction of 94% compared to the last few months of Obama's term. term. Among Christian refugees from Iraq who also face persecution from ISIS, the numbers have fallen 99%. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's just long. Okay, so, but I will tell you, it's interesting to me um, that this is a huge discussion because it is. There's more than one outlet that covered this. In fact, this story, um, the way it's been promoted and headlined, uh, actually has made quite a few outlets. You can go check it out. Um, Cato at Liberty is the, the page from the Cato Institute. And, you know, what I will say here is that there are a couple things you got to remember. Number one, Trump just can't do whatever the heck he wants. He needs support of his of the administration and all that. Number two, under Trump, where is ISIS? Have you noticed? We haven't had a whole lot of attacks 
like under Obama. Okay? So, first of all, he reduced, he killed off a lot of ISIS, if not the majority of the ISIS people, which were the ones killing the Christians, which were the ones making Christians need to flee in the first place. So if you cut that problem off, you don't have the refugee problem because they don't have, they don't need refugee. They don't need refuge. So that's one thing. And the article doesn't actually admit that or talk about that. It's kind of irritating to me. Um, you want to say something? Yeah, I would encourage people, you look at this reduction in immigrants and say, oh my gosh, how terrible, what a cruel and heartless president. And Yeah, he is. And uh, He's evil. You know, administration that would <laughs> no, not welcome people seeking asylum, you know, cut it down to just 20 in the fiscal year where, you know, under uh, Barack Hussein Obama was, you know, like 3500 a month. You know, um, I would encourage you folks who have not seen it, go to YouTube and just search on immigration gumballs. Uh, there's a, I believe it was a TED Talk um, done about eight years ago by um, uh, author and journalist uh, Roy Beck. And he does this illustration with gumballs representing people in the world and immigrants and and oh, yeah, economic that. and you made me watch that yeah and i i encourage everybody to watch that before they start getting up in arms about immigration to the united states and that kind of thing well and the, okay but part of this too the implication is that trump doesn't care about persecuted christians i mean that's basically the headline right let's just say it that way when that's bull okay i mean that's bs we know that's baloney Look at who he put in his administration. If he didn't give a crap about them, then I'm sorry. Uh, that's just, it's just not right, you know, to make, to, to lie. Now, um, so there, there are other factors. And is he perfect on this? No, but you show me a president who is. I would, and this is my, this is my, my preference. I would much rather have fewer Muslims come into America than, than, a lot of Christians come into this country. Okay, don't hate me for saying it, but frankly, Muslims want to take over America by 2020. That's less than two years away, and they'll do it. I mean, they've already done it to a large degree. Um, but, you know, the fewer radical Muslims in America, the better. And, you know what, he has actually uh, done America a, a, a massive favor by reducing that amount of Muslims coming in. America is not a Muslim country. I don't care how much you want to say it is, it's not. And they want it to be, but it's not. And I'll tell you what, I was listening to this uh, message Jack Hibbs gave from Jan Markell's thing. And I will, I will say this, that um, you guys, I'm going to have to link that and have you guys read and watch it because it's so good. In fact, I was thinking about playing it here, but I might just send you the link and you guys could watch it. Um, I can tell you that um, one of the things Jack Hibbs t was talking about was how the church in California is beginning to wake up and how in California the line has been drawn in the sand for, for Christians, especially Christians in California. When the Muslims attacked Greg Laurie and that billboard that he put up for the Harvest Crusade, and this is, this is what Jack Hibbs, Pastor Jack Hibbs said in this message, that great glory said it was Muslims that were coming after him. When they did that, 
Greg Laurie contacted Jack Hibbs, and Jack's counsel to him was, use it for God's glory. You know what? When you do your Harvest Crusade, have all those people that came with their Bibles hold them up. And so in California, uh, it is very clear that if you're a believer, you know, you're going to be targeted. And if you're not, then maybe you won't be as targeted. Anyway, he went on to talk about how the revival in the prayer meetings and things that are happening in California need to be carried through America. And as you know, usually what happens in California does spread across America. Now, when I was here, I, I moved to Tennessee almost six years ago, which is hard for me to believe it's been that long. It went fast. Um, but I remember I was in the aqua aerobics pool or the pool doing aqua aerobics. And I, I was talking to a lady I didn't know her I, to this day. I still don't. Re- I don't even remember her name. I talked to her maybe once or twice, but we were we were talking, and she told me. She said, "You know what? I believe that a revival is going is going to start taking place across America." And she she thought at that time that it was going to happen or begin, you know, in Tennessee. Well, I think what's happening, at least from my minimal observation of reading Christian news, interacting with people locally, as well as understanding Christian media and Christian persecution worldwide and seeing the trends and all that, what's going on, I think that God is waking his people up. And I also think that what's happening is God is cleaning his church out. Because when you have people in church leadership and Christian celebrities who are plagiarizing, who are committing adultery, who are you know, who are coming on to people that they shouldn't be, who are addicted to pornography, who are stepping down in mass from their churches, Willow Creek, etc. I mean, hello. When when you see all that coming, don't ever think that that God's hand isn't in that because I think it was C.S. Lewis that coined the term severe mercy. That's God's severe mercy on that person for that time, right? And... What that means is that if you're a Christian and God has disciplined you and that's a severe type mercy, what that means is he's giving you an opportunity to repent. And what was the very first words of Jesus in the Bible? Repent. Yeah, in the gospel, Mark's gospel. In in the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Repent. That word is important and you don't hear it a whole lot these days, right? What's that mean? It means to make a U-turn, to make an about face, to turn away from your sin, to walk the other way. To, to, to basically say, oh, I'm going to follow you instead of my fleshly desire or whatever. Yeah, just to get a little scholarly here. The, the Greek, Be scholarly. The, the Greek word <laughs> New Testament is French made to repent most of the time is metanoia. Meta, which means a change. Noia is, is mind or you know the, a way of thinking. It's a change way of thinking. I, I right. used to think this and I used to, but... I'm changing. It's a transformation of, you know, much like in Romans chapter 12. You know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You, you, you change the way you see things. It's not just giving lip service to something. It's having an actual change your mind, change your behavior. Amen. Well, and, you know, and that's, that's the seriousness of it all. I mean, I, you know... I I feel sometimes like I am a prophet of doom. (laughs) The problem is I don't call myself a prophet, but, you know, I get irritated. because And, and, you know, the thing is, is where is your conviction? Let me ask you that, okay? How often do you go to church 
And when your pastor preaches a sermon, do you feel convicted of your sin? That's one question. How often in your own quiet time do you feel convicted of your sin? I'm going to tell you something. If you never feel convicted of any sin, then I question your salvation. Because real believers, at least as far as I can see, the older you grow up in the Lord, the more convicted you are. At least that's been my experience of walking with the Lord for 36 years now. Um, you know, because you, you design, I mean, just a thought, you know. Oh, I, oh, dang, you know, I screwed that up. Or <laughs> Sorry, Lord, you know, that that's, you know, you, you want to walk close to the Lord. Um, and this world is doing everything it can to pull you away, to get you involved in controversy. And, um, you know, the Bible says to avoid that thing. Avoid all that useless chatter. Don't go near it. Stop it, you know. Um, in fact, uh, you know, that's this whole Kavanaugh thing. Uh, this was the other thing Jack Hibbs talked about. Uh, basically, he summed it up this way. You know, the whole Kavanaugh thing, it's a spiritual war t that's actually taking place right there in the physical world that you can look at. And you know what you know, the, the enemy is mad about? And when I say enemy, I mean the devil. He's mad because if Kavanaugh gets on the court, abortion is going to be a lot harder to do, most likely. Um, because if Roe v. Wade can get passed back down to the states and state rights actually get implemented and enforced, then the overwhelming majority of the people in this country are going to say no to abortion. And Planned Parenthood and those merchants of slaughter um, are not going to be happy about it because it's a money-making scheme. They don't give a crap about the fact that it's a baby made in God's image. In fact, they can't stand God. That's why they do it, you know? Uh, so, so whereas the, I mean, and I, you know, we, God forbid anybody having to go through anything. I wouldn't wish that type of smear campaign that's happened to Kavanaugh on anybody. I don't care who. My worst enemy, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's disgusting, actually. I mean, I'm almost 50. I've grown up watching TV, right? And, I, and I'm like going, there's no way in the, in the world that that type of vitriolic hate, and that's real hate, and slander would have ever been allowed in a culture when I was a child, ever, or let alone even before I was a kid. I mean, it is really, really disgraceful to me as an American that this is how American politics is playing out in front of the world. If you think this is a way to honor our country that God founded faithfully? He gave us freedom here. Is this what you do with freedom? Is you, you make your country look like a jackass? I mean, seriously. You know, don't get mad at me for saying that. But seriously. You know what? We're the butts of the world because cause you have stuff like that. And it's so disingenuous. <laughs> Randall's telling me I got one minute. <sighs> It's so disingenuous when you have people, merchants of slaughter, that go and they promote abortion and they come up and they go, hashtag me too. You don't give a crap about women when you say that. That is such a lie from the pit of hell in your heart. It's, it's such bull. And it, and it makes me mad because I'm a woman and I'm a victim of sexual assault. And I tell you what, don't be... <laughs> don't be using somebody who is actually a liar and it's already been proven for it is a liar 
uh, to slander a man who didn't do anything wrong. Just saying, that's my point of view. You can hate me for it. I don't care. doesn't matter. You must obey God rather than man. And if you're trying to seek man's approval, good luck with that because you're never going to get it. Because um, somebody will hate you. <laughs> and if you're a Christian and you uh, don't have anybody hate you, then I would have to ask you, are you showing your faith anywhere? Because... You know, when you're standing for God's ways, you're going to get hate. Just so you know, ask me how I know. Okay? Just saying. All right. Anyway, so that's it. Randall's like, come on, stay shut up already in his head. He actually didn't say that out loud. But I didn't think it either. He didn't think it either. But he wanted me to. I know. Anyway, you guys, uh, thanks for coming in. <laughs> uh, yeah. And try not to get suckered too much into the Kavanaugh thing and get all upset about it because it's not going to do your spiritual health any good, okay? Just pray for the guy. Pray for all the people that are involved who are in the positions of leadership. Ask God to give his grace to Kavanaugh so that he can stand, withstand the, 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 the fiery furnace he's going through, you know, and all that. It just, anyway, just, just pray and God's perfect will will be done. You know what? One thing Jack Hibbs said too, which this sermon really obviously stood out to me, was nothing the government can do will ever, ever be able to overturn what God can do. God is way more powerful than the government. Look at the underground church in China. Look at the underground church in North Korea and any other nation that's tried to ban Jesus from their culture or people of faith from their culture. They can kill you. Right? But that's all they can do. They can't stop the gospel. The gospel is going to go forth and the gospel is living because you know what? Jesus is alive. And people hate him. But you know what? As a Christian, you love him and you worship him. And you need to be bold and stand up and go with God out into the culture and make a difference. Uh, and you know what? If people don't like it, they don't like it. Oh, well. <laughs> you know? And if they say, well, you're such a hypocrite, a hater, a homophobe, a bigot. And then you go, and really? I mean, did you just hear what you just said? And do you really know me? You know? Yeah, right, Tommy. If his people will pray. And that was the other thing Jack was talking about. He was talking about how as people of prayer, you know, you have to, you know, have pulpits of prayer. And the prayer meeting was lost, you know. So, you know, you can start with yourself and then join other people in prayer, too. That's very important. Um, I wouldn't call her a liar, but she con contradicted herself and had no collab collaborating evidence. Yeah. Um, after watching all seven hours of the hearings, Ford B was not credible. Well, if somebody's not credible, then there's something there, right? So, anyway... All right, I do got to go, but thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to, to tune in to Vicki's interview with Ross Brand if you want to do that. I'm sure she's going to post it on her Facebook page. Uh, that's at 4 o'clock. Those of you who are on my Legal Shield associate team, don't forget we have a, a meeting tonight. I sent you messages about it. If you didn't see it yet, you need to look at it, okay? All right, everybody. Uh, we will see you tomorrow, Lord willing, and uh, thanks for tuning in. I really, really appreciate the fact that you did means a lot to me. Now go, honor your king. <laughs>